Does anything come into mind when we're talking about responding to authority? Does anything come to mind with regards to our media, the news outlets, TV shows, about the teaching of the wrong way to respond to authority? Anything come to mind? I like interaction. You can respond back. You can say, yes, there is. There's, you know, any, any newscast that comes up or any coverage of something that says, you know what, the way they're teaching the response to authority is way off. Ferguson, Baltimore, the cops in, in there. When you talk about the gangs, when you talk about other situations with, uh, in the classroom, how really a lot, of, a lot of situations, the students run the classroom. Any others? Our government, how to respond to that authority and how, okay, you can be in an authority position, but don't worry about respecting that authority. What are we teaching in our society to our young people in the next generation by what we see on TV? You have enough other situations with TV shows and soap operas and all these other things that really just tear down authority in people's lives. Can you think of any others? You know, I want you to, d- to take a moment and, and in the little insert in the bulletin, pull out some, a pen or some writing utensil, and I want you to do something. I want you to think of and write down, and when I read Romans chapter 13, I really gave you an answer, the answers to here. But I want you to come up with five authorities, five people that, that have authority over you. Five different people that have authority over you. Go ahead and write that down. It's going to be helpful. I'll give you the time to do it. I helped you earlier by giving you those in Romans 13, some of those. Romans chapter 13, gave you, I gave you some of those. Five different authorities that you would say, hey, these are, this is the authority I fall under. As you're writing those, I'm going to give you mine real quick, and there's probably others. God would be one. Our pastor, our elders, would be another. The police department would be another. The local government. Our president. Those would be ones that individually that I would think of. Maybe you would think of some other ones. As students, maybe you would think of your parents. Maybe teachers, others that you would fall in under the authority of in your life. Now, I'm reminded of a couple who was um, being questioned by the IRS about how they filled out their tax form. The IRS kept coming back to them and saying, why is it that you don't fill out the whole form? Why is it you constantly leave blank who the head of your household is? Why don't you fill that out? It's not a complete tax form until you fill that out. The couple responded this way. We've been arguing over the answer to that question for 17 years. And as soon as we agree, we'll answer that. What I want you to do next, in the, in the blank that's underneath there, I want you to write out what authorities in your life you have difficult time submitting to and why. Yours may be one of those individuals that I, that situation I just talked about, maybe husband and wife, maybe wives, you, the situation you have a struggle with is submitting to your husband in that position of authority. Write that down. 
Maybe teens, it's your teachers. Maybe it's your parents. Maybe it's your government. Maybe it's your boss. I don't know. Some of you might say, I don't have a struggle in any areas of authority, and I don't have a problem submitting to any of my authorities. And I would ask you this. Be willing and be open-minded to allow God to show you if there is any areas. Amy, kids, I'll be watching yours later, looking at yours later. No, I'm kidding. But, you know, really think about those areas of authority that you might struggle with. Authority is one of those words that young people, kids, and increasingly adults don't like to talk about. They don't want to hear about authority, let alone obey it. It, it seems that the, the mantra of this generation has this idea of question authority. And in reality, nothing's wrong with being able to question authority. We as, as pastors should be able to have people ask us questions about authority. The problem becomes is we don't listen for the answer. We question authority, but we don't listen for what the answer to that question is when we ask it. And so in reality, the meaning of that question is resist authority because authority is wrong. Authority is bad. And I believe that's a lot of times what we see on TV and on the situations in the news is that authority is bad, so just resist it. But let's face some facts this morning. Every one of us here this morning are under some form of authority. You can't run from it. You can't hide from it. No matter what you do, you are forever under the structure that God has designed as authority in some form or fashion. God's designed authority to be universal. It's for all of us. Now, young people, you might be there and and be frustrated, sick and tired of your parents' authority and just don't want to listen anymore. Let me give you the advice my mom gave me. She said, move out. She said, get a job, pay your rent, have to answer to a a boss or a landlord and the police. And if you can't take that, consider joining the military. You'll get that later. But you know what? I'm kidding in that aspect, but in reality, she did say that, and she actually packed my bags one time and set them out on the front porch, as well as I was set out there. The door was locked. I got away. I left. Once the next meal came along, I went right back home. But see, you can't, get under, you can't get out from under authority, no matter what you try to do. The point is, even after death, you have to deal with authority. Which means there's two basic choices that we have. We can either respond correctly to authority or incorrectly. Because God has designed us all to be under some form of authority. Second point, not only is it universal, but earthly authority will never be perfect. We can complain all we want about our government. We can complain all we want about the law enforcement. 
We can complain all we want about teachers. We can complain all we want about our mom and dad being wrong and the things that they, the rules that they put up in our lives. We can complain all that. But if you're looking for failures as a reason to distrust authority or to defy God's plan for authority, you can find it everywhere. Because humans are imperfect. Earthly authority is not perfect. There are times, I agree, when authority has crossed the lines, when they should forfeit their right to authority and to influence. And I know I'm going to hear this, hear about this later. But here's an example. When a husband leaves his wife, he forfeits the authority in that house, being underneath that roof. Say when a government official has broken the law, his or her authority is forfeited, and that position must be filled by another. But here's the problem. Those in authority over those don't deal with it in the right way, and so we lose respect for authority. We, don't, we feel that, hey, they shouldn't be in that position because they broke the law. And so we have this tumbling down effect, this watering down of effect of authority, and we don't respect authority because of it. Make no mistake, I'm not advocating for deliberate abuses of authority, but actually just the opposite. I believe when God has given someone authority, he holds them to the strictest accountability. As a, the authority in my house and having some authority over other individuals in my position, I know that that authority brings with it a huge stewardship of influence. Everyone in authority must answer to those they serve, and ultimately to God for their authority. Simply put, just because human authority fails and they're not perfect doesn't negate the authority in our lives. Just because there's some bad officers, police officers in the world doesn't mean we disobey all of them and break all the laws. Just because our, our boss doesn't treat us the way we think we should doesn't mean all bosses are wrong. Bringing it back a little home, a little closer to home, the fact that our parents aren't perfect doesn't give us the right to resist their God-given place in our lives. They're still your parents and still the authority God has given in your life. So earthly authority is not perfect. But earthly authority was given to us for our protection and not our persecution. Some people like authority. They abuse authority. Ezekiel 22 paints a picture of that in where wicked leaders of Israel and how they oppressed the people. They actually led from the aspect of fear. One group being afflicted by another. God wasn't pleased with that. He was searching and looking for someone who would stand in the gap, who would make up the hedge, restore safety and protection for the oppressed people a spiritual wall of protection for those who were oppressed. Do you realize that your pastor, your parents, your youth pastor, they diligently labor to stand in the gap for you, to be that protection for you. 
earthly authority is given to us for our protection, not for persecution. Earthly authority, and this may sound similar, is given to us as a protective gift from God. Now, I know some people don't like authority, don't want the position of being in authority. And one of the easiest ways to live is to avoid being in that position of authority. But you know what? All of us are under authority, and all of us, except for the children and young people, but at times they do, will become some authority to some people. Authority comes with pressures. It comes with battles, both in the spirit realm as well as in the physical realm. But to have someone in our lives that's willing to fight that forces of darkness as well as the pull of our society, that's a gift from God. That is a blessing from God to have someone in your life that is willing to stand in the gap for you. We need to stop fighting that hedge. We need to start being grateful for the safety and the love God has placed in our life, those authority figures that desire to protect us. Let me describe it another way. How many of you have a fence at your house? Maybe your backyard, some houses I know in certain neighborhoods have a fence all the way around their house. But how many of you have a fence around your backyard? Okay, good number of you. What's the purpose of the fence? Privacy? Keep the dog in? Keep the people out? What else? Boundaries? Okay, so your neighbor doesn't come over on your property? If you have a pool in the backyard, it's for protection, safety, privacy. There's a variety of different reasons why some of you just want enjoy the fact that you can go out, go in your backyard, and have that aspect of privacy. How many of you have responded to that fence this way? You've gone in your backyard, say your backyard's fence, then you've gone in this way. I am sick and tired of this fence. You start kicking the fence. You start yelling at it. You start saying, hey, I, I feel so locked in. I feel so, I have no freedom back here. I'm sick and tired of this fence. I can't see anyone else. I'm not tall enough to see over the fence. How many of you treated that fence that way? None of you. None of you. What have you done? Oh, I enjoy the, the safety that I find behind here. I enjoy relaxing in the pool or, or just out here without being interrupted. I, I enjoy the safety. If I have little ones, I can let them go in the backyard and I'll have to worry about it. We need to understand the wrong response to authority is focusing on the fence. Focusing on the fence is the wrong response to authority. What happens is you focus on the fence and you miss out on the protection that you have. You miss out on the safety, the compassion, and the care the fence builders have for your lives. You say, the fence is cramping my style. It's restricting my freedom. It's blocking my view. We may not say that to the fence in our backyard, but... In a lot of ways, we're saying that to authority when we rebel against it. How are you responding to authority in your life? Are you rebelling against that authority, the authority that God has given? If you are, you're in one of the most dangerous 
most confusing and frustrating positions you can ever be in your life. There's no peace. You're convinced that everyone, it's everyone else's fault that you're in this position. You're convinced that once you break free of this authority, you're going to be happy. Your life is consumed with breaking free. Adults, I'm not specifically speaking to teenagers. I'm talking to us as adults, too. Consumed with breaking free from that authority. Let me give you an example. 1 Samuel chapter 15 says this. Obey the voice, Samuel, or Samuel talking to Saul. Obey the, obeying the voice of the Lord is better than sacrifice. And that rebellion is as, sin, as the sin of witchcraft. See, in this story, and you can look it up later for you if you, if you want to, Samuel's disobeying what God told him to do, or Saul is disobeying what God told him to do. God told him to destroy the Amaleks, to destroy their animals, everything that they have. And see, Saul says, well, I know God told me that, but I'm going to bring back all the best of the animals, the sheep. I'm going to bring all those back, and what I'm going to do is sacrifice those to God. That's a great idea. But what you're missing, Saul, as Samuel was reminding them, is you're disobeying God and what he's told you to do. Have you ever done something wrong so you could do something good? Have you ever rationalized your rebellion as being acceptable? Because I had good intentions, but I still disobeyed. See, God tells Saul, obedience is the top priority. Don't miss this. God said, rebellion is like turning from worshiping me to worshiping Satan. One of the things in the Old Testament, when you look at Satan worship and devil worship, however you want to uh, say that, is that it constantly involved drugs or some mind-altering substance. They would use it to induce some altered state of consciousness to try to get into the spirit realm and try to be out-of-body out experiences. What God's saying here, rebellion is, is the sin of witchcraft. He's saying that rebellion has the same effect on your heart as those drugs do on your mind. You can't discern reality. Things are all distorted in your life. The choices you're making as a rebellious individual are unhealthy. And if you're rebelling against authority in your life, you're right there. As I was spending some time praying this morning about this message, God brought individuals after individuals after individuals to my mind that I see their life just like this because they've been rebelling. And if you're in that position and you're rebelling to authority in your life, you know I'm, what I'm saying is true. You're making some unhealthy choices. Your spiritual walk, if you have one, is frustrated by that rebellion. You might even be thinking here this morning, I'm going to rebel against what he's saying. So what's the right response to authority in our lives? How do we respond in the proper way? Adults, teenagers, young people, how do we respond the right way? Well, Exodus chapter 20, verse 12, and I know different translations use different words here, but I think that this is the proper word to use here. 
Exodus 20, verse 12 says this, Honor thy father and mother that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord has given you. Do you know you can obey without honoring? Let that sink in. You can obey without honoring. But you cannot honor without obeying. You cannot honor without obeying. Surface obedience, conformity is not the answer. You can rebel in the heart while externally doing what you're told. The old saying, I'm sitting down on the outside, but I'm standing up on the inside. You can do that. You can obey outwardly, but still be rebelling inwardly. Now, we usually think of young people when we think about something like this. But how does this come out in us as adults? Oh, we obey the boss in front of him, but when he's not around, we're yapping about it, complaining about him, and, and what is, who does he think he is, blah, blah, blah. And then we go home and complain to our sp- sp- spouse? No, our spouse about it as well, and our kids. And all you're doing is tearing down authority in the mind of your spouse, in the mind of your kids, just like the society's doing. So we as adults can rebel against authority as well. Oh, we're Christians. We do the Christian thing. We go to church. We pray. We give. But during the week, we gossip. We cheat. We lose our temper. And all that is dishonoring to God. Oh, we, we listen Sunday after Sunday, and we're shaking our heads in agreement when pastor makes a point and everything else like this, but then we never allow it to change our life. We're not honoring to God. We're not obeying Him, and that is the proper response to authority. That's why honor has to come first. If you truly honor your authority and respect them and highly value them and value what they say, no matter who the authority is, you'll obey from the heart with the right heart attitude. Not only is the right response to honor, but the, also the right response is to surrender and submit to that authority. Ephesians 5.21 says this, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. It goes on to say in regards to husbands and wives, it says um, in that authority, it says submitting And surrendering, it says, as unto the Lord. Do you understand this morning that you cannot obey authority and honor authority in your lives until you first and foremost submit and surrender to God, the ultimate authority in your life? That's where it's got to start. That's the foundation in your lives. Surrendering and submitting to His authority. Authority. The word submit means to lay down your arms, to stop fighting the authority in your life. I'll be honest with you, that's not easy to do. It's not easy to stop fighting those authorities, especially if you disagree with them. But it's a matter of pride. It's a matter of not giving in to them. It's a, it's a struggle of the will. And so, to, write, to have the right response to authority is to honor them first and foremost. It's to surrender and to submit 
And then thirdly, it boils down to obedience. If you would, turn with me to Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 13. I'll give you a minute to get there. And as you're getting there, there's another verse that many of the young people here will know. Ephesians 6, 1. Say it with me. Children. Oh, adults knew it. Yeah, that was good. Children are like, no, I don't recognize that verse. Where is that? That's not in Scripture. No, but Ephesians 6, 1 says, Obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. You know, my parents kept using that and quoting that to me, and we weren't even believers. We didn't even go to church anywhere. And yet they constantly say, Obey the Lord, obey us in the Lord. That was their, their, their stick that they used. But I have learned something about obedience. Obeying your parents is their learning curve for real life. Learning to obey your mom and dad is a, a boot camp, a spiritual training for learning to obey God. Young people here, if you struggle with obeying your parents right now, you're going to struggle with obeying God later and other authorities. Adults, if you struggled with obeying your parents when you were young, you struggle now with obeying other authorities and God. It's tied together. You want to know where our society is going? It's because of the, the struggles of authority, struggles of obeying authority, and the struggles of the home where there's not, authority is not being followed and obeyed. And taught. Hebrews chapter 13, you should be there by now. Verse 7 says this. Remember them which have have authority over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow. In other words, there's been a pattern of faith to follow. Considering the end of their conversation. And then drop down to verse 17. Obey them that have authority or will rule over you. Submit yourselves. For they watch for your souls, as they that must give an account, that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. Now, we're quick to say that that relates to parents. In the context, we would say that it relates to the spiritual authority of the church and those in those positions. But I would say that it overflows even further than that to the point of all authority. Now, I'm going to make a statement and move on because I hear this rebuttal against authority. But my parents aren't believers. They don't know Christ. My boss is not a believer. The president's not a believer or this person's not a believer. Why should we obey that authority? Even authority figures that don't know Christ are still ordained by God and still will be used by God in your life. So remove that excuse because it doesn't hold water. Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 26 to 28 says this, I set before you a blessing and a curse. A blessing if you obey my commandments. A curse if you do not. Obedience is the place of God's blessing. Young people, 
Do you know why your parents are commanded to obey God? Got quiet. So God would bless them. God says, if you obey me, I will bless you. Young people, do you know why your parents should make you obey them? So God will bless you. We always think that they're made to make us obey them as our parents. We always think it's about a control factor. They want to control us. They want to control my behavior. They have so many restrictions. No, do you know what? As they teach you to obey them, God's going to bless you as you obey them because your obedience puts you in the path of God's blessing. And you'll receive the blessings by being in that path. How many of you have ever rebelled against authority? Raise your hand. Okay? Almost every hand raised. And I'm not talking about the ones that first and foremost comes to your mind like, I've never been arrested or never done that. But you know what? All of us have rebelled against authority at one time or another, myself included. Let me be blunt here about rebels. They're wimps and they're stupid. Now, before you get mad at me and call me Donald Trump, Let me explain. Rebels never get what they want, and are always more and more uptight about it. As if more rebellion is going to bring it to happen. If you really want to be a rebel, fight against God, show off your independence, your individuality, your total lack of submission to God's authority then do something original for once. Raise the the bar of rebellion. Anyone can rebel against their parents, against police officers. Try this. Rebel against breathing oxygen. Rebel against eating food. Next time you're hungry, eat some concrete. Rebel against gravity. Come on, this is ridiculous. What are you talking about? Make your point, Pastor Steve. Here's my point. When we rebel, we think we're in control. We think we are free. But do you recognize that you can only rebel in the areas that God allows you to rebel in? Scary part is, He also controls how much and to what extent you rebel in. You're far better off if you would just submit to him, obey him, and enjoy the blessings of that obedience, which brings to point my next point about obedience, my next idea about obedience. Just as obedience is God's way of blessing, it's also parents' ways of blessings. Did you get that? Obedience is one of the parents' ways of blessing you. I think one of the, and and I'm not talking about obeying only for selfish ends, but I believe one of the world's greatest unknown secrets 
is obedience. One of God's, one of the world's greatest unknown secrets is obedience. The world portrays obedience as a prison, when obedience actually is just the opposite. It's a world of freedom. It's a world of trust, respect, blessings, and privilege. We're on the second point up there, guys. I've never met a parent who didn't want to bless an obedient child in some form or fashion. Am I right, parents? When you have an obedient child, when you have one that honors you, you want to bless them in some form or fashion. I'm not saying go out and buy them a car. Some of you may have. But you want to bless them because of their obedience. You want to let them know for their honor to you in that position. Never met a parent who didn't want to do that. So obedience and honor are the keys to having the blessings of God, blessings of your parents as well. How many of you ever played the game monkey see, monkey do? When you imitate someone, someone does something, you imitate them. How about hearing the phrase, like father, like son? You ever heard that? Okay, like father, like son. How many of you heard like mother, like daughter? Okay, a few of you. I've never heard that, but I, it, it relates here. And I think this is, applies here as we close. Why should your son or daughter obey you? If you're not obeying God. How can you expect an obedient child when you aren't being one? Brings to mind my dad. I love him dearly. But he used to always tell me this. You're not allowed to smoke as he has a cigarette in his hand smoking. What does that tell me? Do what I say, but not what I do. We cannot teach what we do not know. We cannot exemplify what we are not doing. Maybe I've hit a nerve. Maybe a light bulb has come on in your mind. Are you perhaps struggling with a disobedient child in your home because God is struggling with one in his Are you having issues with people who are under your authority, perhaps because you're struggling with those above you in authority? Or possibly God? I've seen this happen time and time again. People take the easy road, the passive position on authority. And you know why? Because they don't want to deal with the authority in their own life. They'll be a passive parent in the area of authority because I don't... I don't agree with the authority of the bosses. They don't want to deal with it in their own lives because if they stand up and take the position they need to be in authority, then that mirror is kind of like, whoa, what about this? What about this in your life? What about the authority of God in your life? And we don't like to do that, so we take the passive position. I'm not trying to be harsh, just direct. Certainly not suggesting that the only reason teens or others rebel is because their parents or bosses do. But I believe it impacts it when they see their bosses and their teens and their 
government issue, a governing individuals and everything. Hey, they can do it and get by with it. Why can't we? They talk about authority this way. Why can't we? I'm not excusing any disobedience to parents or to any authority for any reason. But what I am saying is that the issue of rebellion, we all need to deal with it towards authority. It's not just teenagers that need to deal with their response to authority. It's each one of us. And maybe if we would start with it in our own lives, it would help the next generation in responding to authority in their lives. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. I'm going to ask you some questions. Are you fighting authority in your life? Are you rebelling against authority? Say, no, I'm not. How do you treat your boss when he's not around? What do you say about our government officials? Are you praying for them, or are we just spending all the time abusing and not honoring them? God didn't say they had to be believers in Christ to be put in authority over you. Teenagers, maybe you're rejecting fighting against the fence, the authority that is in your life that God has put in there as your parents. And maybe you need to deal with it this morning. Say, I'm not rebelling against God. I'm just rebelling against this. Did you not hear what we said in our scripture reading, Romans chapter 13? If you rebel against these authorities that God has put in your life, you are ultimately rebelling against God. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, Anyone here just said, Pastor Steve, I'm struggling with authority in my life. I may not be to that point where you described rebellion, but I'm struggling with how to respond to authority. Would you please pray for me? Raise your hand. Okay? Anyone else? Raise your hand. Okay? You know what? Both young and old. Maybe something that's said this morning, God said, hey, you know what? You didn't think you had, amen, upstairs. I didn't think I had struggles with authority, but now God's brought this to my mind and this to my mind. And I need to surrender, and I need to submit to that authority. Because you know what? It's honoring to God. And maybe this morning as Amy's playing trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Maybe this morning what you need to do is you need to come down to this altar, and you need to say, you know what? I surrender all to God. I struggle with authority. He knows it. But I know with that struggle, I'm also struggling with my authority of God in my life and submitting to that and honoring that. And I need God's help. I think sometimes we come in here, we're in a position where the Holy Spirit is working and he's challenging us to make changes in our life. Then we get up and leave and we get back into the world and we never make those changes. We may never make those final commitments. I want to give that opportunity. If you want to come down here as Amy's playing, make that commitment. There's no power in the altar here, but it signifies that, hey, I want to make a commitment. I don't care who anyone else knows or not. But I'm going to come down forward, and I'm going to, between me and God, and I want to overcome this area. I want to respond correctly to authority. Maybe young person here, 
no matter what age. Maybe you're, you know what? You're, you're, it is miserable at your house. And it's always your parents' fault. But you're rebelling against that authority. And you recognize that this morning. When, when you're doing that, you're removing the, the opportunity for God to bless you. And you're rebelling against God. And maybe this morning right now is where I'm talking about. You need to get up out of your seat. And you need to walk over to your parent. You need to sit next to them. And you need to just share your heart. Maybe as an older adult, you did that to your parents. And you need to call them up this afternoon and ask, seek their forgiveness for how you rebelled against their authority that God has put in their life. Maybe tomorrow at work, you need to go to your boss and... That's going to be hard. Say, you know what? I don't want to rebel against your authority. I want to honor your authority. I want to respect you. I want to submit to your authority because God puts you in my life. You look over in Peter, 1 Peter, talks about how that is how we are an example to this world and how we respond to authority that God has put in our life. As Amy plays, maybe you want to come down. Maybe you need to go over to your parents. You can do it right there in your seat, but... I want to give you an opportunity. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey what he's told you to do. Anyone? Several of you you raised your hand. I'll be praying for you in a moment. Lord, this morning, half a dozen hands went up, young and old, that are struggling with authority in their life. You know what authority that is. It may be another boss. It may be a teacher. It may be their parents. It may be the government agencies. It may be a husband and wife that are struggling with who has the authority in this house. Who's the head of the house? Lord, I pray that you would help them. I pray that you would bring someone into their life, that they would study your word, and that they would submit to you, that they would surrender to you and honor you by obeying that authority that you put in their lives. Lord, I pray that we would impact this next generation by dealing with rebellion of our own. Our world is rebelling against you, God. We know it but we're falling into the same trap. May we not do that. May we be a light in a dark world of rebellion towards authority. May we recognize it when we see it on TV and movies or on the news and say, you know what, that's not how you respond to authority. May we pray for those that are in authority, as Scripture tells us to. Lord, I thank you for this time. I thank you for this opportunity. And I pray that as we leave from here, your Holy Spirit would continue to work, that we wouldn't get boggled down in the cares of this world without appropriately dealing with what you've told us to do this morning. We thank you for this time. It's in your name we pray. Amen.